All right, here we go. It is podcasting time, and I have Colin Thomas from Essential Maintenance, and we've fixed it Dubai right here in the Epic Podcast Studio at the Rove Hotel. We're talking DIY. That's where we're going today, and who knows? Who knows where it'll take us? We're both looking at the notes on our phones, and I'm hoping, hoping that you've got some tips for us on how to create the fantastic backyard obstacle course slash fun mudder, whatever it's called, <laughs> place of implied exercise. <laughs> well, you know what? To be honest, having just had an enormous sneeze fit in the car, I'll just be over the moon if I can manage some words. Whether there is eloquence as explaining a personal fun mudder is probably a step beyond. But we'll see where we go, you know, as always. You, you notice these days how few people you meet who are sneezing or coughing. It's true. It is. I mean, I was, where was I the other day? We, well, I was at Expo and we're walking around Expo. We're doing the Expo thing. No one's sneezing. I mean, everyone's got masks on. Yeah. Some people have got the, the chin diaper on, but for the most part, people are wearing masks. No coughing, no sneezing. That's fascinating because we've never been healthier. I know. <laughs> and that's what the pandemic does to you, isn't it? It does. It, it makes you so um, aware that all of a sudden, all those, those little sniffles and whatever else, you've kind of eliminated from your life. You know, the other thing that I notice, and if you just sit around and, you know, so we're at the Rove. Go mm. and sit down in the, in the lobby of the Rove. And the, the beauty of the lobby of the Rove is it is full of sofas. So people are hanging out. Naturally distanced, which and is just great. So it always was. So there's the naturally distanced part, which is beautiful. Just watch people. No one's touching their faces anymore. Yeah, you know and that that thing where people would bite their nails, and, mm. and that's it's it's really significantly reduced. People aren't scratching their eyes like they used to, and rubbing their noses. All of these other things have, you know, possibly because we don't have as many colds and and stuff at the moment. We're we've really changed our physical behavior, and all of that I think snowballs into. We don't get as many colds. We don't get as many flus, etc. I think you're right. However, it didn't explain my sneezing fit. Did <laughs> well, it? then when you sneeze, and that being said, my wife had a coughing fit last night in the middle mm. of the night. She wakes up, which is coughing galore, um, and, and those sneezing fits. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Very odd. But when they happen, they happen. They do. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was fully aware of it, and um, you know, streaming from all directions, and wondering whether I was even going to make it in here. So I'm kind of proud of myself for just being here. <laughs> I haven't done anything useful, but I'm here. You, you'll remember some weeks ago, we were talking about uh, a said neighbor around the area where I live who installed the double garage door opener. Oh, yes. One that slides and yeah. one that swings. Car still parked outside. I'm not surprised. I mean, it's lunacy. I, just I did, from an engineering direction. I ain't working. <laughs> I waved him down the other day, and I just did the... We gave him the, hey, what's going on? He goes, no, no, one side opens. Do you want to see? And I was like... I want to see your car going in. <laughs> he said, oh, I've just got to uh, sync them up. I've got to sync up my motor so it, it's, it's not ready yet. Yeah, but that's the whole point, isn't it? <laughs> both technologies exist. And he's got both technologies. Yeah. But they just have never been synced together. Yeah. You Lunacy. Need, he's, well, I figure he's going to have two garage door openers on his visor. 
Well, yes, that's the only way that I can see that it would work. But then the risk of damage is quite dramatic for both car and uh, collision between doors, I would have thought. It's going to be so interesting. It, it is. It's going to be fascinating. So and when I hope you video it when, well, when it happens. I'm waiting. I mean, the, the car is out there. Unveiling. And the, the difficulty is going to be, we all know what's going to happen on the video, which is when it goes wrong, the video is going to jiggle up and down because you're desperately trying to stifle your laughter. I, I really do hope he gets this to work. Like that's the thing. Like I really do hope. But all of the things we spoke about, and this is this is part of the problem of a hiring a jobber. Yes. And this isn't even in the notes, but we've mm. talked about this before yeah, many times. And it's easy to pay peanuts to get someone to come in and do some work around your place. Yeah. As soon as you do that, you face the slight problem that the person who's doing the peanut work doesn't actually know what they're doing. They may they may be good at installing a socket. They may be good at replacing, you know, a light fixture. Yeah. But are they good at the technicals? And for the most part, those not necessarily. Yeah, the other thing from that project is um, simplification. Simplification. <laughs> okay, hold okay. on. Go, go. Explain. Explain. Well, he's got two different technologies. Yeah both of which were not suitable individually for the task that he was doing. Yeah. In which case, you find a new technology that will work. You know, there's, it's perfectly possible to find a, um, a, 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 shed, a shed, a door opener, rather, yeah. that uh, uses two tracks because it's a very large door and is designed to work in the required method for the yeah. size that he had. Instead, he went for two separate technologies that somehow or other he's going to try and blend together. You know, if yeah. you stick to one kind of simple, alternatively, one track, heavy duty with a heavy duty motor on it. If you do that, you're absolutely fine. We've got an enormous industrial steel gate on um, the entrance to the car park for uh, RHQ. Mm. There is no way that that's not heavier than whatever he would need from a domestic yeah. perspective. And that would have worked fine. Total cost to us about 2,400 dirhams to get the actual motors there working and reliable. So I just think there was another route that would have just been simpler and more effective. And it's amazing how often with DIY that's actually the case. Yeah. You know? So or, was- or, or maybe this just this door system, because one's, one side is a slider, one side is an open. Mm. You, you couldn't put a complete slide in because then it would block an entrance door. Which is a problem. But even moving an entrance door is remarkably easy. Well, I, I figured either move the entrance door or just change it so both doors swing open. Yeah, that's perfectly feasible. I mean, all it is is, a, is literally a ram on each side. Yeah. And the doors can easily do that. There's no reason why that would be a problem. Since one of them's already got that system put onto it. Yeah. Just, you, you basically change the door. It's going to cost you a little bit for the, the repurposed door. But it's going to work. Yes, it will. <laughs> but, I mean, that's often so one of the things that we preach to our guys is before you take on any job, you need to have thought through the entire process of how you get from the start to the finish so that you, before you're committed, yeah. you're very clear that this is a job that we can complete with all the parts that you've already got. Yeah. If you don't do that, you will suddenly find in the middle of a job that you're stuck. Yeah. And at that point, we as a company are committed, you as an individual are committed, and we have to scramble <laughs> at that point there's no point us being there because we're not going to make any money on the job anyway. Yeah. So trying to get them to to understand that as a process is something that is a is a constant battle. You, you must deal because I see these cards on my door all the time, and you must deal with this 
often and some of your guys or, you know, not, not your guys, but there are, there are other maintenance companies out here yeah. and the guys have been working for a while. They're, they're fairly competent and then they figure, you know what, I'm just going to go out on my own yeah. and, you know, print up, you know, 2000 cards, go and plop them in people's doors. It's around where they live. And you know what? I can, I can give you the basic service, except they forget that they're going to now have to source their stuff. They're going to have to have the tools and inevitably they're going to reach a system or a situation where they can't actually do all the work. And that's where in the context of a larger organization like yourselves, yeah. you, you can make a phone call and you've got, you got backup. Yeah. Well, yeah, there is that. There's also the, the other side, which is insurance. Oh, that's true. Yeah. There's a lot of people who work without insurance. Exactly. And then in that situation, <laughs> the homeowner's got a, um, a scenario where they, they, they either deal with that and accept that risk, or alternatively, they spend their time going through the courts because the house has burnt down. And oh, I've seen man. that. I mean, really? that's happened in the time that we've been operating. I've seen that maybe eight or nine times. Wow. Actually, there was three on our Wassel Road in the space of six months, which was just incredible, all maintenance related. Huh. Um, but I'd say once a year, we see burnt out outdoor units um, for ACs that, huh. we're, that we're there to look at. And it... it what, what, if you've got a burnt-out AC unit, that means you, it's, it's all got to be replaced. Yeah, but then think about the roof itself. At that point, if you've had a, hot, a large amount of heat going through concrete mm. at that point, A, it doesn't have its, um, its material strength to the same degree anymore. And secondly, you have a waterproofing issue. <laughs> so it becomes bigger than just an AC. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's a, real, a real pain for people. Yeah. Oh, no, that's awful. That's terrible. Um, I, I want to jump into some of the stuff that I've fired in the notes, but I got, a, I got one before we get to the cool. notes. Cool, okay. So I, I've been watching the guys working around me. Actually, this is, this is kind of the coolest thing. The power went off in our place the other night. Oh. Just suddenly went out. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like that thing, oh, go and check the box. Yeah, yeah. No, outside my place, like, okay, it's kind of weird. It's mm. like a lot of fuses blew at the same time, so I go check the box. Oh, no, it's, it, everything is where it's supposed to be. Poke my head out the door. You start to realize how many people have things that operate off battery or are solar mm. and got a charge because there was a fair amount of yard lighting on. Yeah, yeah. But there's everyone walking out on the street doing the same thing, checking the ah, neighbors. Okay. And then the DWA SWAT team showed up. Yes. And those guys, mm. it was, I, I mean, it, it couldn't have been more than 10 minutes. Yeah. And the DWA SWAT team was in the neighborhood. These these guys flashing lights, driving like maniacs, checking boxes. There's another potential scenario here. <laughs> There's obviously the scenario that the Dewa guys were working on some of their substations. Yeah, clearly. They sent a pulse down the line. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And suddenly had that oh shh moment. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm thinking that's what happened. I'm thinking that's what happened too, because we have a few occasions, both at the old place and the new place, where we have the emergency. We pay the additional for the super fast Dewa guys. Oh. Yeah, well, as a business, you have to do that uh, if you want to be operable. And um, within four hours, the Dewa guys show up. So 10 minutes suggests that they were in the area anyway. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I, they were flying to get places. Mm. So, anyway, what happens is clearly something happened on these lines. Next thing I know, a tractor shows up, and it's digging up a field. Because they're they're accessing something. It's the Dewa tractor. Wow! With six guys digging up this area where there's underground cabling that they had to fix because something went. Who knows what? But that's where the interesting side comes because that's where I was watching the guys on these. You know, they they had a Kubota, they had a backhoe, they had a lot of cool equipment that they were, and the guys who were using them were very skilled. Because I was 
watching them do this in the dark wow. with, you know, basic lighting. Mm. And I thought, where can you learn how to, where can you get some skill and, and training in the UAE to do, to, to, to run a backhoe, to run a, a little Kubota, We've to run a Bobcat. We've talked about this numerous I times. I know. And, uh, has anything changed? No. Big boys toys. That's, <laughs> yeah. In the UK, that, this yeah. is kind of a thing that you do on stag do's. Yeah, yeah. So you'd go to, go to these locations and it would be, you know, get this dirt from point A to point yeah. B. Here's your, your equipment. Off you go. And there's nothing here. And you so think, is oh, it insurance that, that's stopping it from being here? I don't know. I just don't know on that one. Because you can regulate these things. You can put regulators in. You can put limiters on everything. Oh yeah, and you, you normally there's isolators, and you've yeah. got somebody who actually knows what they're doing that is there with a um, you know a kill switch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're in case it. in case it's all gone a bit wrong. I I saw them doing the the big boy toy experience one time, and I don't know if it was at Global Village or mm. it was in it was in relation to something that was going on. Yeah, but I've only seen it once. Yeah, and I thought that could work really well, couldn't it? Yeah, we we need to we need to explore this. Mm. Mm. <laughs> As we put it out on the podcast, of course. Yeah. Well, we haven't ruined it, have we? No. Yeah. It's not as though we've told anyone. <laughs> it's one of those, isn't yeah. it? So there's nowhere I can do it. Do you? No, not that I know of. Oh. No, there was kind of discussions about it going along uh, alongside X Quarry at some point. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen anything that's materialized. Yeah. It's a shame, though. Yeah. I want to get, I'd like to do the one with, you know, when you're walking in the airport. And you look at all of the ridiculous machines that are helping get everything there. There was a guy once who was driving side saddle <laughs> on this machine, which was one of the ones which has the rollers that spins around the big metal containers. Yeah. He must have been doing 60 side saddle. And I'm like, what a different experience it would be to be doing 60 miles an hour sat sideways. Can you imagine? Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, there's, but there's all sorts of toys that, you yeah. know. Other one that I really want to do yeah. is, you know, on the golf greens, okay. how they have those mowers with the two mowers and the one wheel on the back. Oh, so I've, 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 turn, oh zero, no. zero yeah, yeah. turns, aren't they? That's what I, cool. I, I've done that. Have you? Yeah. I worked, I've, I've, back in the day, I worked for a Parks and Recreation Department in Ajax. Wow. And one of the jobs was, and actually that's where I got to play around with a backhoe. So, yeah, yeah. but I was, I would mow lawns. On the Toro, and we had a John See, Deere. See, Toro. It's got to be a Toro as well. So we had Toros. We had John Deere. The, the John Deere was a little more prone to breaking the rear axle because it was a little longer. No surprise. The Toros rock. And uh, so we'd have the Toros. And, oh, man. It's so they were diesel. So you're running them full throttle all the time. Yeah. And you've got your little you know, forward back pedal, and you're just zipping around trees. I hate to do that. Oh, it was fun. I bet it was. It was fun. Oh, I'd love to do that. <laughs> and you got and you got your spring seat, so you're just going, yeah. and you you know you got your hat on, you got your earplugs on, sunny, and you're just driving around cutting lawns. Have we taken a wrong turn in life here, James? <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You know, working as a, a landscaper. I yeah. mean, that was the other thing. I, I remember putting in. We were putting in flower beds, and we uh, I was working with Dennis Savage. Wonderful guy. Shout out to Dennis Savage. And I wonder what Dennis Savage is doing now. He's, so. he's mowing lawns. He wasn't <laughs> right. stupid. And he took the right turn in life. So we were using, you know, four by fours and we were making, you know, planting beds. Mm. All cutting being done with a chainsaw. No. Because <laughs> he said, you know what? It's the easiest tool to work with. Yeah, yeah. And we were using chainsaws and putting stuff together and putting the mulch in. And it was a great job. 
That, that, that sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah. I used to mow lawns, actually, and right. uh, around our neighborhood. And uh, my dad had this unbelievably old lawnmower, but it was so powerful. This is kind of probably something. So I must be here in the early 90s, and I reckon this was out of probably the late 60s. Mm-hmm. But what it meant was that the technique required to start this thing was was unbelievable. <laughs> it was spark plug out, blowtorch to, to heat up the oh, spark hold plug. Hold on, hold on. You, you take and I'm doing this sp- at, at 11, okay? <laughs> So you take the spark plug out, put it in the blowtorch, yeah, you know, on 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 a holder. How old was this was this lawnmower? Well, it's about thirty five years at this point. <laughs> Stick it back in. Obviously, uh, at that place uh, time, lead back on, and then to start it, the actual pull start because it had so low compression after so long. You literally had a technique where you used your entire body and your arms being pulled at the same time just to get this thing to start. Oh, man. The eureka moment where you started this thing was just worth it. I mean, it even had Magneto. That's how old this is. Uh, an M4 minor, no less. The Mountfield M4 minor. Not that I need to get out more. And I absolutely loved this thing. Anyway, and the whole neighborhood. It was a really good marketing tool because this thing was so loud. <laughs> That when I was mowing, it would remind people that they need their lawns mowed. So, you know, it would just be, there'd be no chance of anyone talking to me because it was that loud. However, there'd be just a wave from across the road, and I'd go and do that one next. And then i kind of work my way around the neighborhood doing it like that. So when it would start, it would do the pop, 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 pop. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to the stage, and it was another one where, because of the lack of compression low down, you, you absolutely nailed it the whole time. It was brilliant. Love that machine. Uh, we we haven't spoken in a few weeks. Shed done? Oh, don't be stupid. Did you get any work Seriously. done on it? I mean, oh, I've done another coat on the... So after I sanded it, it basically yeah. soaked up every bit of preservative yeah. that I put. So I think I've got four coats on the front door now. Okay. So that's all been done. I've still got a little bit of trim and just one ceiling strip to do. But, I mean, to all, that's all around the back. So to all intents and purposes from the front side, it looks fine. Okay. So just don't go around the back. And so if, if you do, you're trespassing to get off my land. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So um, it's so, been a, it's been because the weather's so good at the moment. Yeah. I've really been um, focused on on cycle rides with the kids. Okay, and you know what? With kids, they just have that natural ability to find the spikes from the plants. <laughs> so I'm spending my entire time doing puncture repairs at the moment because now that they've found an enthusiasm for exercise, I'm desperately trying to maximise it. But it does mean you know I've got it down to like a, a Formula One art. I can literally do a puncture repair in, in under ten minutes. That's amazing. So, yeah, well, it's got to the stage where Dylan's done about four in one um, in one uh, inner tube. So <laughs> that, it, that inner tube's done. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> but then I found out that a new inner tube these days is only twenty dirhams anyway, yeah. and that's for a branded one. You can get it for yeah. ten if you go for an unbranded one. <laughs> so you might as well just have a box, a couple boxes of them. Yeah, sitting. but they even that's exactly what I've done now because Amazon will do same day delivery <laughs> on one of these. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! So um, yeah, I've been spending all, all this time okay. um, um, pit stopping with the the tires and instead i could have done it in five minutes flat with just a new inner tube so i'm gonna do that from now on and that's the catch-22 of of diy because the, the best yeah. time of year to do diy projects is also the best time of year to be doing everything else yes well we did expo i mean it's ridiculous isn't it but i finally got around you mentioned you've been yeah. to expo recently yeah. well, i finally got around to doing it um uh, last friday oh, it's yeah. amazing <laughs> it's yeah, huge doesn't isn't it, it? Make you, it doesn't make you just ridiculously <laughs> proud of this place it does you know it's it, and all of the talk before on of, is it going to be ready? And admittedly, they got an extra year out of it, yeah. but, but that's not the point. What they've created is, is magnificent. Yeah. 
And if there's anybody who's listening before the end of March, isn't it? Yeah. Please go. It's incredible. And the deal they've got now, which is 50 dirhams, and, and that gets you yeah. there until the end, however many times you want to go, is just nuts. It's crazy. It's brilliant. So I was so happy. And Dylan, Dylan went again yesterday. Okay. And China Pavilion, he said, was just immense. Yeah. Um, so he loved that. Did, was, did he get to see the robotic panda? I missed the robotic panda. He didn't talk about ro- uh, robotic okay. panda. He talked about an amazing video with a young boy. Um, he t- also talked about a an amazing car, and they're going to make yeah. flying cars soon. Yeah. And, um, he, he, you know, if there is one thing that Expo should be about, it's about expanding the minds of the next generation yeah. and... Um, and motivating them to do even better. Well, they nailed it yesterday. <laughs> it's exciting. And it's Dylan an was in Colombia as well and oh, just had an absolutely fantastic time there. Nice. Well, that's what it's about. My kids are now so enthused about Expo that I think we're going to be going on Friday and probably Saturday <laughs> and, and Sunday as well. <laughs> nice. And yeah, it is. It's really important. I'm very, very proud of this place, generally, as you well know. But um, I, I think Expo is just the best. And, the and there's some has. great food there. I mean, oh. I, 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 we, we were there on, on the weekend as well. And we, we went cross paths. We were there. I think we were there on Friday as well. Okay. Where did you eat? So it was the bar, it was a barbecue festival. Ah, uh-huh. no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last week, maybe that was the week before then, because we no, didn't have a barbecue it festival. Was just, it was just this weekend. I was just there. No, we were the week before. Oh, okay. You Sorry. were the week before. Oh, so. no, no. Oh, wait on. This is <laughs> no, I've got it. Sorry. It must've been the Monday because it was half term. Oh, okay. Okay, so, so we yes, went the Monday half. So we went on the Friday, and it was barbecue festival. There was we got there early. There was no one there. Yeah, I mean, that's a great thing. Isn't it? And uh, Hill Country Barbecue, my favorite Texas barbecue joint from New York City, wow. was set up and good. It was just like eating at Hill. No, now granted, instead of having twenty things on the menu, they had four. That's fine, but you know they had a nice smoked brisket. Oh, wow! Just. We ate in Belgium. <gasps> the fries. Not just the fries. Everything was just the waffles. Incredible. You had the whole thing? No, well, no, we were kind of, um, we were kind of lunchtime. So okay. um, what did I have? What did we have? Oh, I know what we had. Um, we had the steak tartare to start, oh. which was served Belgian style, which oh. is totally different to anything I've ever eaten here. Because traditionally, it's, it's kind of really thin and yeah. then, you know, with, a, with a, uh, an, an egg cracked over the top of it. They serve it almost like a corned beef style. Really? Which is apparently very local there. Many more pickles than you traditionally okay. get. Um, and it was it was phenomenal. It was absolutely amazing. And then um, I went for a... Oh, the stew. <laughs> oh, my God. Natalie, Natalie, it arrived. And I went, oh, it just looks like a normal stew. I took one taste, this big smile on my face, and just went, be quiet. Taste that. And she was like, oh, okay, I'll take that back entirely, <laughs> without a doubt. And then the leffer as well, which is just the best thing to, to wash it all down with. And draft. Oh, my Lord. Draft rather than in a bottle. What a difference. But you know, the nice thing was, in the morning, yeah. actually, we made a few errors along the way because we hadn't really uh, had the t- well, no, we hadn't really spent the time to look beforehand. The morning was kind of spent trying to work out what the heck Expo was and how we were going to tackle it. Yeah. And in, in, in effect, we kind of lost Dylan at that point. Um, he was just following us. Yeah. So then lunchtime came, and we realized that, actually, if we were going to engage him, there's the map, Dylan. These are the things we've all agreed we want to do. So you get us there. And we followed him for the afternoon. Well, at that point, he's absolutely bought into the concept. And, um, and, and we had a really great afternoon as a result. Oh, man. Kind of that left out, though. It set, set me right off in the right mood, you know? Fun. 
Yeah. I've done it again, haven't I? I've no. gone off way off topic. Are you kidding? No, it's, it's it's fantastic when you start looking around and again at at the expo and the things that you just start, you know, just looking at how they put stuff together. Looking at how you know you'll see things we talk about on this podcast all the time: brickwork, married to carpeting, yeah. married to actual grass, married yes. to seating areas, married to a variety of different shade covers. That yeah, the are, shade cover in Luxembourg. You see, yeah. we, so Luxembourg we went to because there was oh, a big... Oh, Luxembourg. Well, it's very much focused on the kids. The big thing is the slide that I guess has been made in Luxembourg that goes down two stories. Uh-huh. But it's, it's so amazing. It's a stainless steel slide, yet they... And went looking at it, I was like, oh, my Lord, this looks like... It was steep as well. Yeah. And I was kind of worried about it with the kids. And I, and I saw a couple of people come down, and it wasn't. It was tame. And then I looked at it, and they, they'd made the surface smooth, yet with grip. So that way, it was so well-controlled yeah. that, that, you know, I was fine with the kids going down it. And they had a whale of a time. They absolutely loved it. But again, the structure, the structure for that one was just like a, a stretch fabric for right. the, main, the yeah. main thing. And it was just brilliant. Yeah. It's that variety that's just, just phenomenal, isn't it? To me, that, to me that's, that's the gold. I mean, yeah, it's great. I, I love finding out what different countries are doing and how they're doing it. Yeah. But looking at how they've constructed their spaces, looking yes. at how they're playing with temperature, looking at how they're playing with water. And I think that's one of the, the beautiful things that, that's come out of, out of the expo is the amount of water fountains that are actually cool yeah. and available and there. Yes. And they're unobtrusive. Oh, man. It's, All for it's it. awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Very, very proud. So speaking of the slide. Yes. Luxembourg. Mm. I was sort of looking in my backyard the other day and thinking there's a lot of wasted space here. It would really, really be kind of fun if I had my own personal fun mutter. Okay. Or tough mutter, I think mm. is what it's called. But I, just, I want it to be a fun mutter, not a tough mutter. And I thought, if anyone's going to guide us through what we might be able to do, it's going to be you. Oh, does that ever sound good? Well, you know what? <laughs> you actually sent me a really... I, I, I sent you a link there. Yeah. Because I, I started looking. I'm thinking... Well, you knew what I would do here. Which is, <laughs> I'd say, don't be so ridiculous, James. I know. I, get onto something that yeah, actually is going to happen, right? <laughs> but then you sent through this link. And the link that you sent me was basically for a zip line. A backyard okay? zip line, yeah. Yeah, I know. But this isn't just a zip line. This is a 118-foot <laughs> zip line. Yeah. Okay? So my outtake was, I was, I was like, 118. 18 foot zip line, first of all, for kids and adults. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm thinking you have you have the adults over, you've got a, a few wobbly pops at a barbecue, and next thing you know, everyone's on that zip line. <laughs> okay, James. Well that's the worrying bit. Over your pool. Right. Now at this point, I'm like, okay, well, if I was thinking about something that would be safe, this is going to be just ridiculously expensive. 517 dirhams, including <laughs> delivery from abroad, right? Yeah. Fair enough, it's a month to get there. And then I started looking at it in more detail, okay? And actually, what they have provided is, is quite something. So a 304 stainless steel cable, which is kind of really, um, you know, decent, decent quality cable there. And then I'm like, ah, well, you know, there, well, you're going to get wiped out, aren't you, when you get to the end of it? Well, no, they've actually got a brake system that's plausible <laughs> as well. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So the way that they were they're planning to do their brake system is they have a, um, on the, the line, so going uh, through the line, they have a solid rubber mass, which then has a bungee cord, which you're supposed to attach to something on the ground uh-huh. to slow you down. Yeah. Okay. So initially I was like, 
Oh, it's genius. What a clever system. But then I went back to kind of one of the fundamentals at the start, which was suitable for children and adults. Okay. So I then thought, well, you know what? Dylan's probably 30 kilos. I'm 107. So if you imagine that bungee cord <laughs> and what we're trying to aim for here, we need something yeah. that's going to work between, what, 30-odd kilos and, and 107. Yeah. You need some serious I bungee. think the two options are either Dylan is, it stops Dylan dead, <laughs> in which case he is flying off at a rate of knots because he's not attached to this in any shape or form. Or alternatively, I'm hitting whatever the other half of that object is. And I'm not sure I would know. I mean, you know, the testing for this would be, right then, Daddy. <laughs> you go first. Yeah, you go first. Let's see where we're at. Uh, so... It is actually looking quite plausible as a setup. D- doesn't it make you want one, though, in, in your yard? No. <laughs> not in the slightest. Because I looked at it, and the first thing I'm going, I want one of these. Yeah, I know. You do that. <laughs> you do that. But you're probably a little bit more active than I am, and um, a little bit more. I was thinking level. off the balcony, too. I was thinking, you know, this would be nice that, you know. I don't know why you would just go for the balcony on the basis <laughs> that you've got a roof. <laughs> I guess. I got the ladder to climb up there. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just picture it? Yes, I can picture you doing that. that. That's the scariest thing. I can definitely picture you doing that, James. I need to bean her onto the, the rope, though, because, you know, just in case. I think that's the least of your problems if you're going off the roof. You know, you've got that block system, which we've already said was a little bit risky on the basis it's designed for a 30-kilo child as well as an adult. Um, but... You know, the feasibility is there. They have the straps to go round both objects at the start and the finish. The cable looks decent. The, you know, they've got decent carabiner clips. And it really, it, it shouldn't be horrifically difficult. What they didn't have was a tensioner, which is a little mm. bit of a problem, mm. uh, to say the least. I think there are various ways that you could tension it. Um, but again, if you were going at the angle that we're talking about from roof down to ground level. Well, I, I also then thought you see all sorts of people putting up you know, shade structures and things. You could put a few poles in the yard. You can, but again, the, the, those straight uh, shade structures, I think, um, would need a little bit of additional mm. um, reinforcement mm. if you were planning to run this kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's definitely doable. Yeah. Personally, I prefer some kind of triangulation on something like that. <laughs> and, and really, uh, you know, my overall mantra is not only keep it simple, but over-engineer like you've never seen before. Yeah. Well, because instantly when I was looking at this thing, and then I saw the price, and I just thought of your father-in-law. I said, I bet you he could get this going. Oh, he definitely could. I, I think he'd be could. into it. Yeah, he would. But I think it would also take him probably <laughs> months <laughs> if the shed's anything to go by. Wazza would be um, well up for it. And a lot of expletives later, he would create something that was truly on a new level. Yeah, all right. So, I think that, I think we got an audience outside that is yeah. just talking. Don't How we? bizarre. Yeah, I wonder what that was. Yeah. I thought was, I'd left my phone on again. <laughs> so, yes, I think that's feasible. Now, yeah. other bits and bobs. See, the nice thing now is because kind of tough mudders are becoming quite a thing. Yeah. There are various DIY kits so that you can oh. you can practice at home, so and they tend it. to do either elements of them. Yeah. Um, so whether or not it's kind of the big wall or the yeah, balance yeah. beam or the nets, for instance. I'm thinking all three of those: the the scaling wall, that kind of net thing that you got to climb about over. The space it takes. It's yeah. a, there's a lot of space required. Yeah. And also, how often would you really use it when you're not in competition? You know, even just as a plaything, probably it would be really popular for the first month. 
because yeah. you want your kids to get out there and get on it too. And well, then, here's the thing. Actually, we've got a two-in-one here. Uh-huh. If you were going to go off the roof, then you can actually have the scramble net going right up the side Ooh, of your house. What a great idea. So two-in-one there. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe I'm talking into the feasibility <laughs> of this ridiculous... This is a great plan. idea. No, it's oh, nuts. No, see, you've, you've bought into it already. I, I think it's, it's almost as nuts. Do you remember when you came up with the... The DIY roller coaster. Do you remember that one? Oh, man, I'm still thinking about that. <laughs> I know, that's the problem. Dear listener, this man is nuts. Uh, imagine it's- the DIY roller coaster off the roof. Oh. <laughs> Do you know, in a bizarre way, that's actually safer than what we're talking about. Because by its very nature, it should have um, you know wheels that will hold it to a track. Yeah. Unlike this, where it's just your hands on the handles that would supposedly hold you. It, it, it says it on the... It's Amazon. Dude, those guys don't lie. Yeah, and neither do their Chinese suppliers. Yes. 500 dirhams. Yes. All in. Yeah, I know, but they don't, they don't talk about how many fatalities they've already had, have they? But you know what? The, the thing that's really impressive, and what I was more impressed with, was, I, okay, well, that's James's nuts one. And then the next thing you put down was a flagpole. So, you see, I'm thinking it's because I it just came to mind. It's like I, you know, I got a couple of neighbors who've got nice flags on their roofs, and I was thinking, I'd, I wouldn't mind having a big flagpole in the yard. Yes, well, you did because then I could multi-purpose it. We we got a little bit of an idea of the scale of this flag, flagpole by the name of the company that produces it, which is Yay Long Pole, right? How long is it? Oh, it's yay, yay long. long, right? Did you know, James, that on the link you sent, the shortest length that they had for a flagpole was 100 feet? It's incredible, isn't it? It is incredible. It's incredibly long. And the other issue might be low-flying aircraft at 100 feet because they have a 200-foot one as well. I do live close to the airport. This might be an issue. <laughs> That's a way I'd of getting a red good li- sleep, I'd put a red it? light on top, though. Oh, you need more than that. Without a, <laughs> a strobe. Yeah, strobe for fog. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. But I, I did like the idea of that. I mean, the logic's great, yeah. uh, which is everybody needs a flagpole. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, and a UAE flag. I mean, the cost of that UAE flag to be able to match. <laughs> we're not talking a standard size UAE flag for National Day, are we? Here? No, no. Uh, so that one is totally feasible, without a doubt. Obviously, we'd need a crane to be able to crane it over the top of the house. Look, Hessa Street. I, I see cranes all the time. They're just sitting there at the side of the road. Yes. And, and, I, I'm, and I'm hoping that if, uh, if I do get a crane, the guy's going to let me have a little go with it too. Well, that's logical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after all, it is your house that yeah. they're climbing over the top of. Uh, interestingly enough, I have a price on the crane for you. Oh, so okay. I think 110 would basically work for you. Uh-huh. And currently I have that available at 650 dirhams only for two hours. Well, that's cheap. I know it's cheap. With an operator. Yes, with the operator yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so Wow. Yeah, I, I can't believe that I'm finding some <laughs> elements of feasibility See, in your you found plan. feasibility in everything. And and because this is a heavy-duty flagpole, we might be able to even attach some of our zip line to it. So now we're talking about <laughs> zip lining from the top of our flagpole. Well, at least part of it. You could, you know, circular stare up part of it, and then off you go. Double two for one. It's a twofer. What about, you know, at the... Um, uh, the vest. In fact, we've got one of these up at um, up at Expo, which is one of those columns where oh, they have the rotating. Yes, the garden. It's, yeah, the garden that yeah. goes up in the air, yeah, yeah. which we could see from from Belgium. 
So I'm wondering why you would stop at a flagpole when you already have proof of feasibility of the airborne garden. Yeah. I, I was just thinking the electricity to run that thing. Oh, okay. So that one's not quite so feasible, you <laughs> no, think, compared uh, to thinking. a 200-foot flagpole. <laughs> or but don't you want one? Line. Like when you start thinking about a flagpole, don't you want one in your yard? I want an airborne garden. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Why would we have to settle for third best, as we've now realized it is? Yeah, but in your neighborhood, you'd be first best, because does anyone have a flagpole? There might be rules in your neighborhood. Well, do you know what? You've got no low-flying aircraft. Rules are for boring people. You've got no low-flying aircraft over your place. This is true, yes. Um, But at the same time, we've got no flagpoles either, so therefore... They can, by all means, bring the planes if they want to, assuming I'm allowed my flagpole. That sounds like a fair scenario, don't you think? <laughs> How do we end up here? It's but all just, going very badly But wrong. just think, with the flagpole, you could also attach lighting that goes across your, your yard. You've got all sorts of options. But you were just talking about the fact that, that power output might be a slight issue for the LED, airborne garden. LED? Oh, I take that back. That's a very, very clever thought. Yeah. Um, and and I was thinking your yard, inspired by Expo, inspired by the Netherlands, because you've got all those different sails set up. True. You could actually project onto the top of those sails and create quite a quite an interesting environment. And when they do that in the Netherlands where they you you go into this mushroom dome that they've created. I bet and, it's a mushroom dome <laughs> of the Netherlands. <laughs> We'll keep going. These not those kind of mushrooms, and they they are projecting onto mushrooms, James. No, they're projecting inside. You have umbrellas, and they're projecting onto the top of the umbrella. Oh, okay. So with the flagpole projectors, and I just saw them on sale right now. They've got these portable projectors. I saw it on Instagram. They're back. I don't know who makes them. It's name brand, and put those on the top projecting some nice imagery onto your sails you got to go for so you're now thinking that we attach sail shades no, you've to already the top got, of the flagpole you've got sail shades so we use your yard as the tester we put the flagpole in there okay and away we go i'm just slightly <laughs> i mean i could be wrong but i'm just slightly concerned that the <laughs> The sail shades I have might not reach all the way up to 200 feet. Yeah, with the sail shades are installed, you put the flagpole beside it, and then you've got the projector oh, on. I get it. Projector yeah, on the flagpole. Yeah, oh, I feel so silly now, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've let myself down. I've let my parents down. But most of all, I've let my dogs down with my lack of understanding that the projector goes 200 feet up on the flagpole. You can, yes. put, it, you can put it at any level. It's going to be good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all for that. See? Sounds cool, huh? That sounds fantastic. So do you think there's alternatives to the 100-foot flagpole manufacturer? Like, have you ever had anyone hunt down a flagpole? You don't believe this, but in 193,000 jobs, nobody has ever asked me for a flagpole. <laughs> I'm going to call today. I bet you would. <laughs> I bet you would. You know, it isn't, it isn't out of the realms of possibility that that could be installed. Yeah. You've got that enormous one down the end of Hawassel oh, Road, haven't you? It's, it's Port Rashid. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how tall that one is. I don't know. Well, in the true Dubai tradition of ours will always be bigger, bigger. and better, we need to know that. Yeah. And then we need to get on to Yao Long Pole <laughs> to see whether or not they would be so kind as to send us one. Demo. A demo least, version. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it has to be a demo version because we're not actually going to pay for it. Um, that is at least three feet longer. 
speaking of interesting things, this is just a by the way. Mm. You ever go buy raw coffee? You know, raw, raw coffee. Yeah. Um, yes, I've actually on the occasion. So, have you been there recently? No. Okay. So, have you been to their new place? Yeah. Now, I thought you meant as in the product raw coffee rather than the place raw coffee. So, the product raw coffee. There is a place where they make and they have a. Yeah, I haven't been there, but oh. I bought their products. Oh, you've got to go. Wow. Especially because if you're on the road where it's to your right, mm. right at the end, and this is just a random. Where is it? It is um, by Almanara, the flyover by Almanara. Oh, see, that would make total sense because I was at Bounce at the weekend with the kids. It's really close to there. Yeah, yeah. And they have that's raw so coffee. coffee. So that's <laughs> where I had the raw coffee the yeah. last time. And it's, it's stunning, stunning coffee. Yeah. And they've got quite a variety. And, wow. Yeah. And, and you being the coffee connoisseur, hmm. you can go there and, and try stuff out. But this has got nothing to do with raw coffee. Oh, just okay. To, uh, yeah. yeah. You're, I'm, I'm at raw coffee. Yeah. So I was actually going to pick up some microphones at the, the Sure uh, supplier. Yes. And, you know, they just, they just said, here's the link. And I got there and I said, why didn't you tell me about the landmarks? It would have been a lot yeah. more. So as you're coming down the road, staring right in front of you, is a Statue of Liberty in front of a, an automotive repair place. <laughs> in front of an automotive repair place, they've got yeah. a Statue of Liberty. And then, just to, it, then, you know, it's, it's like, it's, I almost thought I was in sort of a Twilight Zone experience because then some lady is speeding by on one of those stand-up scooters in a you know, fuchsia dress that's flapping in the wind. And I'm going, Statue of Liberty, fuchsia dress, flapping in the wind, and... Where are we? <laughs> Out of interest, had you just been to the Netherlands Expo? <laughs> yes, basically. It's like, you don't have to go to Expo. You just have to go to <laughs> <get> out <coast. laughs> So then I've got this plan for how we can advertise our car repair shop. Imagine this. The Statue of Liberty outside the front. Oh, that's genius. <laughs> that relates entirely beautifully to our business. Well, I, and I did stop because I'm thinking, okay, is it made with car parts? Is there, are there tires on it? No, no, just... I could imagine for Liberty Autos, aren't they the, yeah, um, the not, Chevrolet people? Uh, yes, in, in Cadillac, I think. Or yeah, yeah, but so no. I could imagine for them. Yeah, yeah, no. But it wasn't them. No, no, it was just some random named auto place. And I don't even think it was like a, you know, Chevy GM kind of products it was just too bizarre that's what i said <laughs> and then i'm thinking okay i'm, I'm you know because i'm spending now a few minutes trying to figure out why is our statue of liberty here yeah right so yeah no no, no reason just no logic. it's just there <laughs> it's probably got dumped you know <laughs> the statue of liberty exhibit there's probably a car underneath yeah well and and in the parking lot were all the duck boats the duck bus boats things oh, that, yes, that yeah, aren't yeah. running right now yeah there's three of them covered with tarps sitting there so well there you go that's right opposite the uh, Mitsubishi yeah. Service Center. Oh, could that's be. That's their, their original place. Okay. They tried to sell them so many times. Yeah. Such a shame, because that was a great, a great thing for, um, for people to do. Yeah. So, I, you know, they're just sitting there right yeah, now. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Under, do we have anything else we need to get to? I know we've, we've really waffled on here. Haven't we have I? waffled on. We have waffled on. <laughs> did, well, did we solve the flagpole? No. No, we didn't solve the flagpole. Okay. There's a surprise. <laughs> do you want to do hanging stuff? Yeah, I think that the, this whole... And, and I really... What, what came to mind, and, and it was actually looking at your Instagram from Essential Maintenance uh-huh. and talking about hanging. And we've talked about hanging, you know, shelving and floating shelves and that. Well, the famous story for that one was when <laughs> in the very early days of um, uh, We Will Fix It, that I was employed personally by the ex-wife of a, a very large head of state 
country <laughs> to come and fix her shelves. To which I obviously said, well, that's very nice of you. Thanks so much. I'll send the team. No, we need you. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. The reason is we have security here. You've already been checked out and you are approved. Right, it's one of those then, is it? So, you know, I went with my own tools, etc., etc. And um, at that point, I was met by a very, very nice gentleman who just happened to have a bulge in a, bul- in a place where blokes don't normally have bulges. Let's put it that way. Um, and he sat with me the entire time whilst I was putting up these, uh, these shelves. Did he offer help? Did he give any advice? No. No. He, he sat there and was very, very friendly throughout. Um, but, uh, yeah, he sat there with his eyes not really looking at what I was doing, but um, various other darting around the room in various different directions. I'm sure you can draw your own conclusions. Anyway, by the time that I'd finished, I was 100% confident that the brackets were not coming off. And they, they literally, they went with the, the traditional black shelves that okay. um, yeah, have been in yeah. Ikea for absolutely years. So as I departed, I gave my usual line for the black shelves, which is uh, just be careful not to put much weight on these oh. um, because they are, they are slightly notorious um, for, for taking weight. Go forward two weeks. You know those shelves that you put up? <laughs> They've fallen apart. Mm. Well, you know what? I'm absolutely certain that they haven't fallen apart because the fixtures I used were well over-engineered, to say the least, because I thought you were going to do that. Anyway, I got there, and um, every floating shelf uh, has a, a mechanism behind it, which basically consists of the same thing, which is a, a thin wall fixing initially, which is as, uh, normally almost as wide as the shelf with a, an attempt to kind of spread the load as much as possible, but obviously not very high because you've only got the, the yeah. width of the, the shelf available. With two, maybe three prongs on it uh, yeah. that are there to go into the shelf itself. That's, and a, that's normally a classic. A, yeah, and normally the one locating um, pin underneath to hold it on. Well, it turns out that both of those prongs were pointed at a 45-degree angle downwards oh. um, because they put their entire book collection on top of these these black shelves. I don't mean just a few books. A, yeah. uh, absolutely murdered it so really there was utterly no point in me doing another lack shelf for them and um so you know it it went on for a kind of a week or two where i explained (laughs) the the engineering behind the situation and where that problem would occur and funny we agreed that they would have supported shelves which then lasted the entirety of their time in dubai but people want the lack shelves they want floating shelves yeah because they look good yeah which is wonderful if you've got something light to put on a lack shelf yeah. but if otherwise you put anything with weight it will fail and if you if you look in the packaging ikea are very open about the weight limits mm. that the lack shelf can hold mm. so they're they're really not an option for many many things no they're really because pretty much everything has weight to it you just don't realize it until you've stacked everything on yeah yeah absolutely and obviously it's it's often over time so initially you remember yeah. And then one thing creeps on, and then six months later, five things creep on, and all of a sudden you've got all this rubbish on the floor. That you're like, oh, where can I put that on the light oh, shelf? And, and that's how it fails. How, how do you deal with the fact that, yes, you've got the, the, the hardware to, to install on the wall, Yeah, but sometimes walls, when you look at them, they look okay, but when you now start putting things on them and you've leveled it, the walls aren't exactly squared. Yeah. So now you've got this squared black shelf, or you've got the squared shelf with an unsquared wall. Yeah. It all looks out of. It all looks skewed. Yeah. This is a really difficult one. So that, that happens a lot here. Mm-hmm. So our boys will always have a horizontal shelf ready to go, and it has been um, set with a spirit level. Now. If they then, so they'll do that, those initial markings, and at that point they can work out whether or not that's, that's going to look odd. 
um, the brief from us is you've got to then go back to the customer and say, look, have a look at this because it is going to look odd and it's due to your wall, not the fact that we've put it up. Which way do you want to go? And quite often you actually go off the horizontal Mm. to find a compromise between the two scenarios of the actual skew-whiff wall with the um, the actual what should be the true position, so that yeah. visually it looks as close as it can do to being um, to being right, yeah. but that is just a black art, and you need a customer's <laughs> input in that situation because um, if you were to just do it yourselves without um, the customer's info or yeah. um, input, then they are quite rightly can say, oh, I've put a spirit level on this and it's out. <laughs> yeah, it's intended yeah. to be out because of the visual. Yeah. No, I want it flat, so they have to be involved. Oh, man. Yeah, which is always a and, fun one. And, and how many times have you had the husband weighing in on that and then the wife taking a look and you've come back to fix it to the way she wants it? Twice a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got one right now. Oh. Exactly that. He sent a scathing uh, message in. Yeah. And then what he wasn't aware of because he was at work. I came back from work. The two shells were not where I, I wanted them to be. And the two lights were not aligned as I had briefed. Yeah, that's because when you were away, your wife was there when we were. And your wife made a totally different decision when we were at your property, sir. So therefore, might I suggest a little bit of marital communication? Goes a long way before you send the shopping. We're still kind of waiting for that um, the the next step, which means he lost the argument. Yeah, he hasn't sent you. Yeah, yeah. Disregard my last email. Yes, I'm so sorry. My wife's told me never to do it again. Yeah, twice a week. Twice a week. Yep. There we go. So not not only do you you offer repair services you also offer husbands some advice on uh, well we we, we try and help that communication between husband and wife and we sit there as a third party from from a diy perspective to explain you know to, to one or the other what the other one has decided they would like us to do yeah and then uh, hopefully we, we we just need that button which is uh, you know <laughs> They're on line one, they're on line two. Right, where's line one and a half? Yeah. Let's have that discussion. Oh, man. So we, we, we've talked a little bit about you know, putting in shelves and, and communicating and, yeah, yeah. and planning, the, planning the shelves that are actually going to hold your, your junk. We talked a little bit about flagpoles. We talked a little bit about you know, a tough mudder in your backyard. We'll see the... We've proved the feasibility line. of all It's all there. This. It's all there. Yeah. <sighs> Can't wait to get some of this going. And the, the fact that we need toys for big boys or you know, big girls a place where we can go and drive these things around and have some fun, a little demolition, break down some walls with the wrecking ball. That'd be great. Oh, man. If only. <laughs> it's, it's coming. So I, I think at the end of this whole process, we've had a successful essential maintenance we will fix a podcast. Mm, there we go. <laughs> Colin Thomas is here from Essential Maintenance, and we will fix it Dubai. I'm James Pikeaway. We're going to do it all again real soon. Go back and check out some of the previous shows. You're absolutely going to love them. Oh, we talked Expo as well. Oh, we did talk Expo. <sighs> do it, people. We, we nailed everything you need to know, but we're afraid to ask about DIY and much, much more. This is the Essential Maintenance We Will Fix It Dubai podcast. <laughs>